shut up and sit down. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to He Said, She Said on WGUR 95.3 The Noise. Hey, 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 what's up, Milledgeville? It is the best time of the year, and by the best time of the year, I mean March Madness. And it's time to get your brackets busted. Officially busted, <laughs> not just, yeah, it's going to be awful. It's going to be not good, Yeah, that's for sure. But we're here with our brackets for the week. That's all we're doing tonight. We're going to preview the bracket and go through that and hopefully get all the way to the Final Four and oh, yeah. tell you guys who probably not to pick. Because I only get, like, one Final Four team right every year. Yeah. I but, don't even want to know what this is going to end up like. But, nonetheless, what region do you want to start in? Um, I guess let's just start in the South and then work our way. First of all, what was the hard, What do you think was the hardest the toughest region bracket, for you? The East, the East region. I think, it, like, competition-wise, I think it's going to be the toughest bracket. The toughest one for me to fill out? Uh... May have been the South. I think the South is kind of the bracket of death. Um, yeah. Because you got Kentucky and Arizona as the four and the five. Um, Tennessee's the three in that one. Cincinnati's a two. It's very competitive. Um, Nevada's really good. Miami's really good. Nah, that's debatable. <laughs> they're good enough. Um, Creighton's really good. Kansas State, if they have their big guy back, they're pretty good. Um, So... It's kind of the bracket of death. I mean, anybody can win it. Anybody can compete in it. Virginia losing DeAndre Hunter, um, that hurts them a lot. So I don't I don't really know, or I know who I picked in this bracket, but I don't know who's going to come out of this bracket is the thing. This is kind of a toss-up to me and one of the, the more fun ones, I think, to talk about. For me, I think the hardest one was the Midwest. The mid, Who's in the Midwest? Kansas. Michigan State, Duke, Ooh, yeah. um, Auburn. Um, Cle- yeah. Clemson's in the Midwest, Seton Hall, NC State. Okay, yeah, that's that's a tough one too. Because and the thing that got me about picking doing the all the whole bracket, I don't feel good about any five seed. Like no, me ne- Okay, yeah, me neither. I think I, ha- I have a couple of twelve five with a twelve winning. Actually, I think I have two twelve fives where the twelve is winning. I have I have no idea. I'm I've read it all in a word document. So we'll figure it out when we get there. But starting at the top with the one seed Virginia playing University of Maryland, Baltimore County, I think that's UMBC. That's what I think that's what it stands for. Um this will be one of the quicker ones because there's not a lot to say about this. Yeah. Uh, sixteen versus one, it can be fun, but it rarely is fun. Um I think Virginia's just gonna smother UMBC their defense, even though DeAndre Hunter is not gonna be yeah. there. I know. I think, I mean, it was pretty easy for me with with picking Virginia. Um, the next one, the 8-9, and nine, Creighton versus Kansas State. Yes. I went ahead and picked Creighton just because this one I, was really hard for me because when I think about Kansas State, I, like, think about how many times they've had to deal with Kansas. Yeah. Um, and so they've seen the real competition. I mean, Kansas is without a doubt a really good basketball mm-hmm. team. Um, but I don't know. Just whenever I hear the, the school, like, name – and it just reminds me of March Madness because I feel like they're just always there, if well, that makes sense. Doug yeah. McDermott had a nice run there at one point, and they're they're always there. They're always there out of the Big yeah. East, and they're always competitive. I took, and the Big East is, is a competitive. Yeah, the Big East is competitive. The Big 12 is competitive. Like, Kansas State is a good team regardless of yeah. – even though they were probably, what, probably fourth or fifth at yeah. least in the Big 12. Um, the Big 12 is very competitive. I mean, you got Kansas, you got – 
West Virginia. You got Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Um, that's just to name a few. I mean, they're really good top to bottom. Uh, the Big Twelve is so you can't discount them just because they finished, you know, middle ways in their conference. But yeah, who did you take here? I oh I picked Creighton. I took Creighton too. Um, I think Creighton's they got like I have a criteria for March Madness that I just yeah. invented this year. Um, it's best guards, most best slash most experienced guards, best coached, and players who can make big time who have proven they can make big time shots. Yeah. And Creighton really has. All three. They have Marcus Foster, who if Creighton if he didn't get hurt last year, Creighton probably would have made a run. I think in the tournament they had a nice bracket, but he got he tore his ACL midway through the year. Um, Kyrie Thomas, another guard from Creighton, that can really get the job done. Um, Kansas State, their big guy is out or was out in the Big Twelve tournament. Dean Wade, he was out, um, and Creighton can't defend the can't defend big guys. They struggle there. So if he's able to play, maybe it's a little closer. But I'm still taking uh, Creighton in that game because they got. They meet the criteria. They got the best guards. Yeah. Guards that can make big shots. And I think they're going to be the best coach team as well. Yeah. I've learned that I can't overanalyze this and I just with my bracket. <laughs> and I just need to go with like my gut instinct. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you can really overthink a bracket. Oh, very much so. You can overthink it because if you just, yeah, there's anyway, there's 10 ways you can overthink a bracket. Yeah. If not more. So moving on, the 5 12 game out of that region, Kentucky Davidson. Who you like there? So, actually, this is a tough game for me to pick. But I went ahead and went with Kentucky just because they've they've been heating up. Yeah. I mean, they've they've had a really strong end of the season. So, I would love to see Davidson when I won't lie to you. It would be way awesome. But I think Kentucky will end up. Yeah. They'll win it. Kentucky's as hot as anybody in the country, I think, right now. They're getting hot at the right time. Yeah. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he's the X factor. He's the point guard. He's the guy who gets the job done for him. Um, then Winging Gabriel, he's been playing out of his mind the last two weeks. Um, and then everybody else around them has been kind of stepping up and moving toward the team that we thought they were going to be yeah. early in the year. Kevin Knox is hitting shots from the perimeter. Jared Vanderbilt's back. He's rebounding everything that comes off the rim. Uh, their other big guys, Nick Richards, P.J. Washington, they're really helping them out there. Davidson has a chance, though, because just but Davidson wasn't supposed to get in the tournament. They just beat Middle Tennessee. Was it Middle Tennessee? Yeah, and I really yeah. think Middle Tennessee should have been in. I thought Middle Tennessee should have made the tournament. They got then a couple teams. I feel like they've got been left the past out. couple of years too, and mm-hmm. I mean they've performed really well. So I was, I was, I was pretty bummed not to see. I was surprised to see, to see them get in and Syracuse not, or to see Syracuse get in and them not. Yeah. Because I don't think Syracuse deserved to be in the tournament. Um, I actually think Notre Dame deserved to be in, too. Notre Dame deserved to be in and Louisville. Those are the three teams I thought deserved to be in. Yeah, well, you know, there's this thing going on. Um, it's called the NCAA FBI investigation. But they're, they're not banned. It's kind of a big deal. They're not. You can't, you can't yeah, but you hold have that to, against them. I know, but you have to. There has been a lot of things, go, like the, with the correlation of the teams who aren't in Oh, yeah. And with with everything going on, if they're a part of the NCAA investigation, like it's the teams that haven't been in. I've oh, seen yeah. a lot of that stuff on Twitter. I mean, I'm not trying to pay too much attention to it because, I mean, I really think the committee did a pretty good job getting in the right people. Obviously, people earned their way by winning um, championships, but then others just kind of got lucky with who they beat and who yeah. beat who kind of deal. Yeah. Um. But... Did you watch the selection show? Selection it was show? so bad. It was, like, off. The audio was off with the video, and, yeah. Well, it, like, really bugged me that they, like, went ahead and told us 
who was in and who wasn't. And I don't like how it was in alphabetical order. No, I hate that. Um, yeah, because I was just like, I don't know. It just threw me off. Like, I like seeing the bracket and we're filling it out. Yeah. And you see the real, like, you see the team's reactions right there. Yeah, like, they don't know yeah. where they're going. They know where they might be. Yeah. Um, They don't know who they're going to be going up against. And I don't know. I just. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, go back I, to the old way. Go back to the old brat, the old way of doing it because that was awful. I mean, yeah. the teams were finding out they weren't in the tournament based on alphabetical order. Like, you know, you start with Alabama, okay, okay, you figure it out, and then you like, you, you, by the time you get through C or D, you figure it out. So if you're like an L or something, like yeah. Louisville, for example, you find out you don't get in the tournament based on alphabetical order. That's kind of a crappy way to figure yeah. out you didn't make, you didn't reach your goal for the year. Um, there's a better way, definitely a better way to do that. Um. But moving on here in the bracket, uh, four thirteen Arizona Buffalo. This one's not very intriguing to me either. Um, Buffalo's just they're just there. They're happy to be there. And Arizona, I mean DeAndre Ayton is going to come out. He's going to play angry. He's averaging thirty two and sixteen mm-hmm. in their past two two or three games. So, I mean, I like Arizona in this, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This Arizona's a team that I think could make some noise, not because, I mean, because of how talented they are. Don't get me wrong, but because they're just angry. They're mad about the Sean Miller thing. They're mad about the FBI, mm-hmm. and they're out basically to vindicate themselves and for revenge. And I think revenge is a great motivator, yeah. uh, especially this time of year and for guys in that 18 to, what, 23, 24 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, revenge is a pretty big motivator. So um, moving on, Miami uh, and Loyola, Chicago, the 6-11 game. Loyola's feeling pretty good about themselves yeah, coming in. Uh, should be. Who, who do you like there? Okay, well, obviously – I'd love to see Miami win. Um, I did a lot of reading, and uh, Loyola is one of the they're pretty teams good. That's probably on. I watched their conference the championship. They're pretty good. So I would love Miami to win. I could see Miami losing in the first round. I'm. This is my first upset pick. I'm taking Loyola Chicago yeah. because. The offensively, they just attack downhill the whole game, and I don't know if Miami is going to be able to deal with that. With them coming downhill the whole night, especially without Bruce Brown, um, I mean Miami's only two and six down the stretch since he got hurt. So I don't know. I mean Lonnie Walker, Chris Likes, those guys—they're really good, and they're you know they're better than good. They're awesome, but I don't know if they can deal with Loyola coming downhill the whole night. The thing is, if Miami's on, they're on, and if they're not, yeah, they're not. And so it just really honest it. Coming as a fan and as somebody who's watched a lot of their games, if they're not, if they don't come out there in that mindset, it's so hard for them to play catch up for the rest of yeah. the game. So we'll know within the f- first five minutes if Miami's there to play or not. Yeah. And another game like that, the next game, 314, Tennessee, Wright State. I th- it's an upset, I think. It's just ripe for the picking because both teams, they play the same way, play scrappy, slower, defensive minded. And something's got to give. I mean, Wright State, I was reading up about Wright State. They forced turnovers on 21% of their opponent's possessions. And Tennessee has had issues turning the ball over this year and creating offense, getting guys to go one-on-one. So if you don't have that, um, if you don't have Admiral Schofield from Tennessee doing a lot, like doing what he did in the SEC championship game when he just rattled off, I think, eight straight at the end of the first half and went on, you know, had a great second half as well. Um, he Don't get me wrong, he can carry Tennessee. But if it's a grinded out affair like the statistics say it will be, possessions are going to be limited. That increases likelihood of an upset. I'm I'm going with Wright State. I'm taking Wright State over Tennessee because 
I just I just don't think Tennessee is going to be able to come out and manufacture enough offense like like a lot of times you have to do in the first weekend against a team like that. Yeah, I'm picking Tennessee. <laughs> wow. Just because I mean, I don't know. I like them a lot. I don't see them. I don't see them going past the Sweet 16. I don't. At all. I don't know if they get to the Sweet 16 because if they even if they get past Wright State, they're gonna have to play you know Miami or Loyola and. Yeah. That's another tough matchup, so we'll, we'll definitely see about that. But the last two games in this bracket, the 7-10, Nevada and Texas, who do you like there? Um, I'm, I picked Texas because I love, like, okay, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly and, mm-hmm. like, mac and cheese. It's like Shaka Smart and March Madness, okay? Like, when I hear March Madness, I think Shaka Smart. So, of course, definitely. I'm going to have to pick Texas because, I mean, Shaka, definitely. it's like, it was only fitting. I was like, all right, Texas, that's it was easy. It was, that was the easiest. I think that was the easiest decision I made on this entire bracket. I I actually went Nevada after thinking about it because I mean Texas they got plenty of reason to play. They're number ten defense in the country, which is Shaka mm-hmm. Smart's thing. Um, but Nevada's a number ten offense in the country, so another one of those something's got to give type of matchups. It'll definitely be a good game. Yeah, Mo Bamba, uh, his status is something to keep an eye on as game time gets close because he was injured. He came back for the Big Twelve tournament, their last game I think he played in, but. How much will he be able to go? How healthy is he? Um, and you know, Nevada sh- shoots the three very, very well, yeah. and they are very, very good offensively. I'm, I went Nevada based on that, just because I don't know how much Mo Bamba is going to be able to be there and affect the game. And you know, with Texas, they're going to have to show and come out. But if he's not back there to protect the rim, um, Nevada could be able to get a lot of driving lanes, get to the rim, and make Texas pay in there. Mm-hmm. And then when they start closing in, they can kick the shooters there. So. I think Nevada's going to find find some success, um, even even if Mo Bamba is there but doesn't play at 100%. I think him not being 100% will give Nevada a bit of an edge. Texas, for sure. All right, the last game is the 215 matchup, Cincinnati uh, versus Georgia State, who, if you don't remember or you haven't been watching TV the past three days, oh, Georgia State upset – who did they upset? Duke? No, they beat Baylor. Ba- when? In the March Madness a couple years ago? Yeah, Baylor. Mercer beat Duke. Mercer beat Duke, yeah. Yeah. I was in the middle of the target during that game. I won't lie to you. Um, Yeah, so obviously that was a huge upset. Um, And I think Cincinnati's going to win. I don't think Georgia State, I would love to see it, but Cincinnati's going to win. Let me tell you why Georgia State is going to win this game. Um, First of all, I mean, we know about Georgia State and Ron Hunter, like you said, so you can't write them off prematurely. Um, first of all, Georgia State feels disrespected. Did you hear what Ron Hunter said yesterday yeah. about they they got to stay in the Marriott and we got to stay in Comfort Inn and Suites and they're eating at Ruth Chris and we're eating at Wendy's. First of all, they're disrespect. They feel disrespected, and that disrespect is is a great motivator this time of year. Um, second thing, Georgia State has a potential first rounder, NBA first rounder. Um, not this year, but next year. Demarcus Simons is a heck of a player. Um, he played against me in high school, and he's very, very good. Um, Isaiah Williams, Devin Mitchell, they're both two very good guards to go along with him. Um, Cincinnati inside may pose some trouble, but I think those guards from Georgia State are going to be able to come out and kind of dictate the tempo a little bit and do what they want to do. Also, Georgia State, they play a, peculiar, a little bit of a peculiar defense for this time of year. They play a, it's a 3-2 zone but they move and match up out of it, and match up zones are always difficult because... Uh, 
but they're also the most difficult defense ever to learn. Yeah, the most difficult. Like, it's to, so hard to learn. Most difficult to learn, but also the most difficult to play against because you don't know whether to run your man offense yeah. or your zone offense, and so it puts you in kind of a predicament there as a as a coach and a player because you don't, you know, it's just it's a mix. It really is. Um, and Cincinnati, you know, they've won all the games they're supposed to win this year. That's a big thing that everybody has going for picking Cincinnati. But Georgia State's not going to roll over. They're going to bring it, and that's why I'm going with Georgia State. I think they'll bring it. There's no doubt in my mind. Cincinnati will be scared out of their mind for just a hot couple of minutes. They're, I'm telling you, Georgia State's going to bring it, and I like them in that 15-2 matchup. I just, I don't know, I got a good feeling about it. I got a great feeling about it. I'd love to see it. I'll, I'll be watching. All right. What time is this game? When is this game? So, Friday? Friday, yeah. I'll watch it. All right. Well, we're going to step away and take a quick <laughs> break. When we get back, uh, we'll preview the bottom half of that side of the bracket. That's the West, right? Yeah. Okay, that's the West. So we'll preview the Wild Wild West when we get back after a quick break. What's up, guys? We're back. This is He Said, She Said on WGUR 95.3, live from Milledgeville. We're still previewing the NCAA tournament and digging through the uh, – First round, we're going to preview every game here in the first round. So next up, we got the West Regional. Um, this, to me, is the was the easiest of the three of the four brackets to pick because just as, as far as competition goes, it's going to be the easiest, I think, because the number one seed, like Xavier's the weakest number one, I think. Could have easily been a two seed, in my opinion. If Carolina had won the ACC, I think Carolina would have been a one. And Xavier would have been, been too. They played this, even though they have 10 losses. Okay, they had played the second toughest schedule in the country. Okay, losses coming. I still coming don't to, think they would have. I mean, you had, yes, you had a couple bad losses. Losses coming to Duke, close loss to Duke, close loss. Or no, they didn't lose. Okay, but you lost to Michigan State, who's, I think, can win it all. Um, I mean, you know. You lost to Miami. I don't think we just lost once, but it, it's fine. Uh, first game, the top of the bracket, number one, Xavier. And then there's a play-in game tonight, NC Central and Texas Southern. I don't think it matters who wins that game. I think Xavier's going to roll. Um, yeah. Even though they're the, they're the weakest number one seed, I don't think it's, I don't think this 16 seed could give them trouble. I think Penn could give them trouble. Um, but, but just because I think they're under-seeded in Pennsylvania, they look pretty good. But I think Xavier's going to roll on just talent alone. Yeah. I mean, to be a number one seed, you got to be pretty good. So, yeah. I picked Xavier, too. Yeah. So, moving on. The eight nine matchup of fun. This is this is one of the more fun games. Uh, Mizzou Florida State. Um, I picked Mizzou, but I say that with like I say that kind of like standoffish because who's their guy who's coming back? Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, so he could either hurt them or he could help them. There's no, I mean, because yeah. he's been he's been out for so long, yeah. and so I mean, like we don't know how like what his yeah. condition is going to be. Obviously, he'll be like strong and whatnot coming back but like it it'll be interesting to see how Missouri plays I just don't I don't know I know like Florida State I mean they they're an average basketball team to me yeah so and I think the SEC I mean obviously ACC had nine teams have nine teams and the SEC has eight so the SEC has been surprisingly strong this this basketball season oh yeah um It'll be. I like the SEC ACC matchup just because both of these teams have played a lot of mm-hmm. other really good teams who are in the tournament. But I just think Missouri will be able to get it out. I think Missouri's going to be fine too. I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. It's the question: Is he going to help or is he going to hinder? Because in his first game back against was it Georgia, 
when he mm-hmm. played. The only game, he, really, the only game he's played uh, this year, he took 14 shots in 17 minutes or something like that. He wasn't very efficient, so that's never yeah. good. So, you know, is he going to be able to find that rhythm? He's only played and only had the opportunity to play in one game, and so the rest has just been practice, really. So yeah, and let's be honest, we all know he's been in the gym probably since after the Georgia game. Oh yeah, no doubt. So. No doubt. He he wants to be you know back in tip top shape. Um, but just adjusting to the college game and playing that premier competition mm-hmm. is going to be a, a leap for him, I think, because he hasn't played it this year. He hasn't yeah. got an opportunity to see Kentucky, to see um, Texas A&M, to see Florida, those really good teams that come out of the SEC year after year. Yeah. Um, but I think he'll be able to do enough in this first game. Um, and, I mean, he's a lottery pick. He's going to be a lottery pick here in a couple of months. Yeah. And I think that – is going to give Missouri a really good chance to make a deep run is having a lottery pick. Anytime you have the best, potentially the best player on the court, you have a chance to win. So I'm taking Missouri too. Um, next matchup, we have another 5-12 matchup. And my favorite. this is my first 12 pick of the bracket. I have South Dakota upsetting Ohio State. And I picked South Dakota to beat Ohio State because that's what some of the Big-time analysts have been saying. They've won, like, I think they've won, like, nine in a row or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're they're hot. They have, a, they have a really good big guy, uh, Mike Dom, I think is his name. Yeah. He, because remember last year, South Dakota State was in it, and he was a, they won a game or won two games maybe. He was a pretty big deal. Um, But Ohio State has uh, Keita Bates-Diop, um, who's a Wooden Award candidate too. So, I mean, I think, I do think Dom could pose a matchup issue because Ohio State didn't have anybody that can, Guard him. He's too big for Bates Diop to guard at the three, but he's too big or he's too quick on the perimeter for their four man to guard. Um, but there's not a lot else, much else around him, so I'm going to take Ohio State, um, barring Mike Dom just going off and getting forty or something ridiculous like that. I think mm-hmm. Ohio State's just going to have too much firepower. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to definitely watch this game because it could be an upset. Number one, number two, um, Mike Dom's just a really He's really good. He's an interesting player to watch. He's kind of that transcendent post player that you want. So he can play inside and play outside. So he's yeah. a really, really fun guy to watch. So It'll definitely. be a close game, though. It'll, yeah, I think this one will be closer than maybe the opening line indicates that it will be or should be. So moving forward, the 413, Gonzaga, UNC Greensboro. Um, UNC Greensboro, their coach is somebody I kind of want to be George's next head coach. Uh, he's a Roy Williams. I can't think of his name for some reason. But he's a Roy Williams guy. He came from yeah. North Carolina, um, Chapel Hill. But who do you got in this one? I have the Zags in this one. Yeah. Um, just because of just because of who they've played and mm-hmm. the the kind of teams they've had to go up against and how how a lot of these teams are so different, yeah. they just adapt well. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah they. Adapt. You really can't ever go wrong with Gonzaga. <laughs> no, that's a, in the early round. I mean, Gonzaga's traditionally there. I mean, they got three guys that played a national title last year: Killian Tilly, Josh Perkins, Jonathan Williams. All three guys who played and contributed yeah. in national title, and I think that experience is going to get them. I think they'll get them out of the first weekend on that experience alone, um, and even their their talent's going to get them further than that. I think, but yeah, they'll get out of definitely get out of this game, get out of the first week, weekend as well. So, yeah. moving forward, Houston, San Diego State. Who do you like there? So I said that South Dakota had the ten game winning streak or nine games in a row. It's actually San Diego, San Diego State, State. Now that I think about that, that's when I have San Diego State winning. Houston really kind of struggled this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
I think San Diego will keep on rolling, and I think they can pull out the upset on this one. Defensively, they're definitely going to bring it. I don't doubt that from San Diego State because that's where they kind of make their mark, and that's mm-hmm. their you know their thing. Um, but I think Houston is better than a number six seed. I think even they play the fact they played in the American maybe deflated their seeding a little bit. But I think Houston's really good. I've seen him play a couple times, and I'm I'm really impressed with the point guard Rob Gray. He really runs the show, does everything you need him to do. Um, by judge by my criteria. Houston has the best guard, therefore I'm going to take Houston in this one. But I'm not ruling out a big upset in this one either because um, 6'11 is almost as unpredictable as 5'12, yeah. to be completely honest. Yeah, no, but I think I think San Diego can – I'll be rooting for him. That's not a bad upset pick. I'll take that. Tomorrow night, that's that game. Probably better than uh, Georgia State over Cincinnati, but, you know. You got to roll with the hometown team, hometown guy. Oh, I mean, for sure. You can't just not root for Georgia State, like – Honestly, I made my bracket, and all I'm doing is rooting for the upsets. Like, oh yeah, no doubt. I want, <laughs> I would love to see an upset and a, a big upset. I definitely would love to see that. But moving on, the three fourteen Michigan and Montana. Um, Michigan was the hottest team in America last week, and yeah. but they had a week off, and so I mean, this game, I forget what the line is, what it opens at, but. I think Montana's going to test Michigan in the respect that they're going to keep it close for a half, maybe even for um, 30 minutes of this game. But Michigan's just too – they're too – Oh, powerful. yeah. I mean, people have even said that people have kind of been sleeping on Michigan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just trying to figure out – I mean, and obviously we'll know within the first, like, five or six minutes of mm-hmm. this game what Michigan is looking like um, after their week off. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I like Michigan a lot. A lot. I mean, a lot of people pick Michigan to go to the Final Four. I don't absolutely have them, not. I don't have them there, but That's I think they horrible. Can, they can make a run. I mean, it's not out of the question for them to make a final. It's not like you're asking no. a 16 seed to make a Final Four, but I just don't know if they can. I mean, like they're mm-hmm. like they're good. I just don't know if they can be that good for this long. I think <laughs> for them, the the thing is get out of the first weekend. If you can get out of the first weekend and find your game rhythm. Especially all these Big Ten teams. So get to get to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, get out of the first for all these Big Ten teams. If you want a shot to win a national title, the teams that the big the people are so high on in the Big Ten, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. The first the for everyone obviously this is a test, but for them with the week off, the whole rest versus rust rust debate, get out of the first weekend because that's what you got to focus on. And because if you come out rusty for some of these teams, you could get upset and be sitting at home for the national title instead of playing in it. So that's my big. Big thing for Big Ten teams. They just get out of the first weekend and show me that you haven't gotten rusty is, yeah. is my big thing. But moving forward, the 7-10 matchup, A&M, Texas A&M, Providence. I have a Providence winning this game. I think Providence is way is more scrappy. I think they're better coached. I think Ed Cooley yeah. is going to get everything out of his guys like Chiron, or Chiron Cartwright. Um, I watched uh, Providence. Did I see Providence? No, I did not get to see Providence at the Big East tournament. I got did not get to see Providence. But, I mean, they – Played for the conf- for, their, for their conference, and I think they definitely um, definitely are going to win this game. They're just going to yeah. come out and they're going to outwork A and M. And I mean, A&M, without a doubt, yeah, A and M. They have all the talent in the world, but sometimes they just come out and they're just in the stars. They're in mm-hmm. the clouds, and that's not going to work for you this time of year. Um, so yeah, definitely going to go Providence there. And then the two fifteen North Carolina Lipscomb as the last game for this little segment. Who you got? I have UNC. I yeah, think. I think. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to discount Lipscomb. I'm going to take, you know, that UNC's my team, so I'm not going to discount any opponent they see. But the guard play from the heels is going to, it seems, it should be too much. It should be way more. 
um, with Joel Berry, his big-time shot making. Theo Pinson's been as good as anybody in the country the, the last two weeks. Um, you got a big emotional ACC tournament win, but you can be upset because you lost in the championship to Virginia. Um, Roy Williams is your coach is always a good sign. And when they have to defend, they, they sort of can. The thing is, UNC has just got to make their shots because yeah. it's – I mean, it's been known that for these big-time teams, I mean, they come in, they come out, and they're like, oh, I'm playing a 15C team? Okay. And that that goes straight to their head, and they don't hit a shot. Mm. And and then it just all gets out of whack, and then it goes downhill from there, and then we're looking at a bracket buster at yeah. that point. So just if UNC can go in there level-headed, um, then we'll be fine. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And, I mean, they gotta, like they can't defend a lick. So if they if Lipscomb gets out and wants to play in the seventies eighties, that's very much North Carolina's game. Yeah, is to play in the seventies eighties nineties, because number one they can't defend a lick. Number two they want to play fast anyway. So yeah, they want to get out, run, lay it up as much as possible. Well, and Lipscomb's um, their the key to their game will to play will to mm-hmm. will be to play on UNC's tempo. Yeah, or Lipscomb's gonna. Slow them down. They're going to have to slow it down. I think your best bet is to limit possessions against yeah. North Carolina because the less that Joel Berry has the ball, Theo Pinson has the ball, Luke May has the ball, those guys, let's say have the ball, you know, the less they're going to get the transition, the easy easy layups and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my bit of reverse scouting on North Carolina um, is if you can keep them out of transition and keep the ball out of their playmakers' hands, they can't score with it. So sometimes the best defense can be a steady, slow offense like that. Yeah. So we're going to step away and take a quick break, but when we get back, uh, we're going to preview the other half of the bracket and then go on into the Sweet 16 maybe and venture forward there. So stick around, and we'll be right back. What's up, guys? We're back. This is He Said, She Said on WGUR 95.3 from Milledgeville. We're still previewing the first round. We're still hanging out there. I'm going to probably be there for another little bit. Um, But uh, moving to the other side, the right side of the bracket, I'm going to start at the top with the East Regional. Um, the one I think is the easiest bracket as a whole, um, as far as getting out of it and getting to um, an elite, or yeah, a final four. Mm-hmm. I think the East is the easiest bracket. So, um, top seed Villanova, top overall seed in the country, they're gonna play um, Radford, I believe. Yeah, playing Radford. Um, Radford, they had a big emotional win the other night. They're feeling really good about themselves. Hit the buzzer beater to win their conference to get into the tournament. Yeah. But I think, uh, I mean, as, as well-placed placed as that emotion is and as hot as they they are right now. Um, and, you know, did you hear what they were saying? Um, they were just saying that they don't care who they play. They, were, they just want to be in. So, I mean, you love that mentality I mean, from those yeah, small teams. Yeah, I would say, too. Uh, but, Do it for the T-shirt. But, <laughs> yeah. When I, pick, when I was picking this game, this is one of the first games I, like, went through and really picked. Um, I just wrote Villanova under it because – I mean, yeah. That's all you need to know. I saw Villanova at the Big East tournament. They're they're really for real. Like they're, I think they may be the best team in the country. There's a real with DeAndre Hunter being out from Virginia. Villanova is possibly yeah. the best team in the country. I think. Yeah, I mean, I like Villanova too. Yeah, <laughs> there I, shouldn't be any question. About that's one that. of those. If Villanova wins, you'll see like the stat, like ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent of all brackets picked. Villain, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, it'll be one. It'll maybe a hundred percent to be completely honest with you, um, except for the however many students are on Radford's campus. I don't know how many that is. Um, but yeah, I've never even heard of, heard of Radford. I've heard of it um, from my days of balling on uh, when they had the college basketball games, like mm-hmm. two thousand and ten, two thousand nine, somewhere in there. Oh yeah, used to draw them all the time in the first round when I was powerhouse North Carolina. 
winning national titles and whatnot. But nonetheless, going to move forward. Uh, we got Virginia Tech and Alabama. Um, the 8-9, this is going to be a fun one to watch because they're both up-tempo. They both love to play fast. They both have good guards. Um, both coaches know what they're doing. Yeah. This is going to be a fun one. I'm definitely going to tune in for this one. I won't lie to you. This was the easiest game I picked. <laughs> really? Yeah, I like Alabama, and I'm on the Colin Sexton train. Like, Really? This kid is good. Did you see oh, him yeah, play Colin against Sexton Auburn? Sexton is amazing. Did you see amazing. him play against Auburn? this weekend yes what he did to auburn was illegal like that should not like it was it was bad it was yeah bad but yeah oh yeah this was this was actually really easy i like alabama a lot i like alabama to just make it to the second round i like alabama i love colin sexton i think he's a great player and what he did to auburn last weekend was just was wrong yeah. I mean, it, it, it was bad but um i'm actually going virginia tech in this one virginia tech's kind of my my little team that could um, and they have been since about midway through the year. Buzz Williams is a great coach. Virginia Tech, they, you know, Alabama has the one good guard, but Virginia Tech has th- or has two really good guards, three very good leaders, I think, in uh, Justin Bibbs, Ahmed Hill, and Justin Robinson. And all three of those guys were here, I think, the last time Virginia Tech was in the tournament. They know what it's like to go into a first-round game in an eight, kind of an 8-9 matchup or, some, or maybe even as an underdog. Um, and this one's going to be close. Very, very close. Colin yeah, Sexton's no, this will gonna be make definitely the one game I like am watching. Mm-hmm. Colin Sexton's gonna make it close, but I'm going Virginia Tech because I think they just they have even though Alabama may have the best guard, I think Virginia Tech may have the best team and Colin Sexton doesn't have as much help around him. Yeah, I don't know. I there's just something I feel like the way that Alabama played against Auburn just kind of like set the tone for how mm-hmm. is how it is who did they play in the next round after they beat Auburn? Was it uh, Kentucky? Kentucky. Yeah. Well, and that was just not good. Mm-hmm. Let's we don't have to talk about that. But with how they played against Auburn, they're gonna keep that tempo. I mean, yeah. Because once they okay, first of all, if Alabama starts heating up and they keep running up and down the court and Colin Sexton's doing these nasty moves and all this stuff, just sit down because yeah. you're done. Yeah. When they drove up this, when they drove up twenty points on Auburn in that game, I was like, "I'm gonna keep watching this because Alabama's about to beat Auburn really bad." So, yeah. but yeah, Colin Sexton did unspeakable things to the Auburn defense. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, but moving forward, uh, the five twelve on on this side, uh, West Virginia, Murray State. Who do you like there? Um, I like West Virginia, but I would not be surprised if Murray State comes out and upsets West Virginia just because, I I. I know West Virginia was really hot in the beginning of the mm-hmm. season, and and yes, they are still hot, but they're kind of one of the teams that you haven't really heard much of. Yeah. Once we get like it's been more Villanova, Virginia, yeah. since like all these other teams, and it's kind of been more quiet around yeah. Virginia, uh, around West Virginia. West Virginia had a cold spell in the beginning or the middle of the year, right there yeah. in the Big Twelve. They they've always bounced, but they do this every year. They start amazing. They're just smoldering out of the mm-hmm. gate. Um, they hit a cold stretch in the middle of the season. They rebound. They come back at the end of the year. Usually are in the semifinals or even maybe even play for their conference. And then they don't impress in March because their style, yeah. I don't think, is conducive to winning in March. Because if you have strong guards, you're just gonna lay the ball up 60% of the yeah. time. You're, they're gonna their press is gonna give up too many layups to good guards. That's why I think Kansas has so much success because they're essentially playing 
four guards out there, and Zvi Mikhailuk, Legerald Vick, Devontae Graham, and Terrence Newman. They have the one big rim protector in uh, Azabuki back there who is gonna who gets catches it and get, gets dunks. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think that West Virginia's style doesn't isn't conducive to March, but I'm actually taking Murray State in this one because of that because Murray State has two very good guards. They have the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year, Jonathan Stark. They have a really good freshman point guard, uh, Ja Morant, who is averaging 12 points, seven rebounds, and six assists um, per game in this one. In this one, um, Stark um, plays point guard as well. So these two are going to be—they play kind of a two-point guard deal, I believe. But these two are going to be crucial. So you know, to give Murray State a shot. But if you have two really good guards, even against that pressure, um, you got a chance. And I think if they don't—I'm throwing ifs in there—if um, they don't turn the ball over. Um, I think Murray State has a legit shot to pull this upset. I think they will pull the upset on those on the backs of those two guards. They can play in the 80s like West Virginia wants to. They average 79 points a game, I think. Um, the only thing that I think it'll be tough to simulate for them in practice this week will be the the like just exactly how close they are. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, and just that the pressure you feel from having Javon Carter and guys like that just in your space right there, yeah. especially going against scout team guys who maybe aren't as good or aren't as quick. You're not going to be able to simulate that 100%. And also uh, Issa Mah- Ahmad in the, on the back end, I mean, he swats everything that goes up back there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't know if Murray State's seen a shot blocker like that, but if they can just straight up beat the pressure and just get, get behind everything and lay it up, I think Murray State's got a real shot, and I'm taking him here in this one. That we'll see. Oh, we got next one. Um, on a Friday at 1.30, we've got Wich- number four, Wichita State, against number 13, Marshall. Um, this one was pretty easy for me. Yeah. I, I like this is shockers, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I was reading about uh, Marshall and just their coach and just reading up some stuff. Their coach's name is Dan D'Antoni. Uh, he's a very big analytics guy, hmm. I was I heard. And so, you know, Marshall, they got a big focus on the X's and O's, I think, and putting guys in the right spots. Um, but, you know, I – you know, they say it's not about the X's and O's, about the Jimmy's and Joe's. I think Wichita State's Jimmy's and Joe's are just a little better. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many times you analyze it and run it through a machine and put math on it. Um, yes, I said put math on it. Um, yeah, Landry Shamit, Shaquille Morris, they're too much. They're too good for anything Marshall's got. So, I mean, but I'm just intrigued by these analytics guys personally because it's such a new thing, you know. It's a big thing. It's such a new thing. Um, and something a lot of it's something you got to have to be good. I think especially at the NBA level, I think in college too, you got to have a little bit of the analytics, but also you got to be able to coach your way out of a wet paper sack too at times. Like you got to be able to coach uh, decent and put guys in good positions, and your guys got to be good as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm always intrigued by these straight-up pure analytics guys who buy the numbers every time because the numbers say this, we do it. I'm always intrigued by them to see how it works for them in big games because – Sometimes it works. I mean, there are times where it definitely works, but there are sometimes where it backfires exponentially on them. But moving forward, uh, the six eleven matchup, Florida St. Bonaventure. Who do you like here? Not Florida. I watched St. Bonaventure last night, I did and that. I changed my pick while watching this game. I mean, Florida loves to get out, run, and shoot the three. Um, but if they can't get out and run and shoot the three, they're not very good, and yeah. they've been very bad. Uh, late in the season this year because they couldn't do they didn't do that well so I'm taking St Bonaventure too I really yeah. like the Bonnies I like them because they were talking about I'm not a big Bill Walton guy if anyone knows mm-hmm. um, but they were talking about their coach said you know our guys uh, 
they don't care we're playing UCLA. They're in a playing game just like we are for this 11 seed, um, and we're not. We don't care if the titles or John Wooden or Bill Walton. Like, These guys don't even know who Bill Walton is or something like that. Now it's just like, I mean, that's a great way to come in and yeah, be that way. But yeah, it was really interesting just to hear from their coach and things like that. But I like St. Bonaventure. Yeah, for sure. This will be a good one. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the 314 Texas Tech uh, SF Austin, who's who you like there? Um, I picked Texas Tech. Just because I really I don't know if I'm really gonna care too much about this game. I mean, it's one of the it's played in Dallas. It's a, almost a, it's a home game sort of for both of these teams, which yeah. is weird. Um, both Texas teams both playing in Dallas, so a short ride for everybody. Um, but I'm taking Texas Tech. Their best player, Keenan Evans, he should be good to go. He got banged up at the end of the year, and that's why they didn't finish as well mm-hmm. as they expected to. But Texas Tech plays very good on defense. Um, they have a really good guard, dynamic guard, and think back a few years. Who does that remind you of? Oh, yeah, UConn with Kimball Walker. What did they have? A dynamic defense, a really good defense, um, a great guard, an electric guard, and what do they do? They only won a national title. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying Texas Tech is going to win a national title based on that loose comparison because I don't know. I don't think Ken Evans is as good as Kimball Walker, but – it, we have seen it before, and I think it's good enough to get them out of the first mm-hmm. round, no doubt. All right, next matchup, we've got number seven, Arkansas against number 10, Butler. Um, this one was pretty easy for me. I really like Arkansas and the way that they've been playing lately. Um, Butler is just kind of always on the fence for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they get to play Villanova. They get to play all these really good teams, but Arkansas has also had some really good practice with having to play Kentucky and Tennessee and all these all these good SEC teams. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I, just, I really like Arkansas in this game. I had to see Butler at Madison Square Garden. They played um, – who they play? Seton Hall, I think. They played Seton Hall. Um, and Butler surprised me. When Kamar, Bal- Kamar Baldwin went off, he had 31 or 37, I think, in that game with 20-something in the second half. Um, and then Keelan Martin inside, he averages about 20 a night. So they had two really big contri- – two guys who can really fill it up for him. Um I, if those two can go off and they can find somebody else to pour in 15-17, Butler could steal this game, I think. But as of now, I'm sticking with Arkansas, too. Um, Daniel Gafford inside, he's a bit too much. Um, he, he's a freshman, but he gets you know nearly 12.6 boards a game. Uh, Daryl Macon is a senior guard. He's been there before. He knows what, what to do, what it's like in the tournament. Um, and, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if Butler wins because I think they have the firepower to win win this game. But Arkansas, I'm taking Arkansas in this one, too. Yeah, no, and I mean, this has potential to be, I mean, a really good game. Yeah. Um, just because I really like both of these teams. Yeah, I think, I mean, Arkansas, too, they're going to come to scrap a little bit. That's the way they play. That's their kind of mantra and who they are. So I think that gives them a bit of an edge as well, is just that willingness to come, mm-hmm. be scrappy, and fight for everything, uh, which can be the difference in games like this. And these kind of 7, 10, 8, 9 matchups where things are pretty even both ways, that can be the big difference. So. Going to move forward, last game from this bracket, or from this region, rather. Uh, Purdue and Cal State Fullerton, two fifteen matchup. Who do you like there? Um, Purdue, without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, Isaac Haas. They've looked is, so good lately. and Isaac Haas is too good. If the four guys they put around him that can shoot the lights out of it can make shot the shots they made at the beginning of the year when people thought Purdue was a – I mean, I think they still are a legit national title contender. But when people were you know really raving about them and thought they were – awesome and all this stuff um if they make shots they got a legit shot to make a final four run but even so as it stands now Isaac Haas I think is good enough to get them out of the first round and get past Cal State Fullerton yeah 
there should not be a question with anything. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, So we're going to step away here, but when we get back, we'll preview the last of the brackets, the Midwest bracket, Um, when we get back, and then we'll move forward into the Sweet 16 after that. So stick around uh, for more on that. What's up, guys? We're back. This is He Said, She Said on WGUR 95.3. We're talking about the Midwest bracket, um, or the Midwest region part of the bracket. Um, first off, the 116, as always, Kansas versus UPenn. Who do you like there? Yeah. I know who you like there. I'm assuming you're going to go Kansas. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm taking Kansas, too. <laughs> um, that should not be a question, either. Yeah, it's They're not, just a really good team. Kansas is really—they play small ball about as well as anybody in the country, I think, right now. Um, a lot of people are saying that Penn is you know, they're underseeded and things like that, which you know may be true. Somebody said they're underseeded; they deserve to be on the fifteen line, which I guess technically by definition, yes, you are underseeded. But what is the rate? I mean, I know sixteen seeds have a zero percent ratio of success thus far, but I want to know what the ratio of success for fifteen seeds is because it's, it can't mean more than what ten percent is generous. Yeah. Saying 10 or 15 seeds win 10% of all the games they played. That's a generous number, I feel like. So say what you want. I mean, Penn's, Penn's a good team, but they're not going to have the athletes to play with uh, Azabuki, Devontae Graham, LeGerald Biggs, V. Mackay Luke, and all those guys. Um, you know, Terrence Newman. Uh, they're going to be able to create mismatches, shoot three, and that's going to be the end of that. They shoot, yeah. it, they shoot it about as good as anybody in the country, too. But. Moving on, the 8-9 matchup, a little bit more interesting, I think. Seton Hall, NC State, who do you like? Um, I picked NC State to win this game. Really? Yep. Going ACC. I, I they've, ha- they've just won really big games this year, and so they've proven to me that it, it they'll be able to do it. I like Seton Hall. They got – I mean, both of this game features two good big men. Uh, Omer Yurtsevin, I think is how you say that, from NC State. Uh, and Angel Delgado from Seton Hall. Um, I mean, I think those guys are going to cancel each other out, essentially. And it's going to come down to who's got the most experience, the best guard play. Those other parameters I laid out at the beginning of the show, I'm I'm taking Seton Hall. they got four seniors that play major minutes. Um, their coach, his name slips my mind, but he's a very good coach. Um, I think I'm going to go Seton Hall here. I just got a, I got a, I got a good feeling about them. I like Seton Hall. We'll find out tomorrow around we six thirty. We'll find out around six thirty. You're right. <laughs> but moving forward, the five twelve in this one, Clemson, New Mexico State. Who do you like here? Uh, this is a twelve seed that I picked. I I think New Mexico State will pull the upset on Clemson. I pick New Mexico State too <laughs> because Clemson's though they don't have their big guy Dante Graham, uh, he tore his ACL, um, and so they're really perimeter oriented, um, but. I don't think they're going to be able to get to their average shooting the three against New Mexico State's defense. New Mexico State, scrappy. They defend well, pretty well. And, I mean, Clemson shoots a 36% clip for the year. It's not bad. You know, they make a little better than one out of every three. So, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Um, I like New Mexico State, though. I think they're going to defend their tail off, and they're going to take this one from Clemson, who won't be able to go inside and get a lot of easy stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, so the four thirteen matchup. This is an interesting one to me. Auburn Charleston. It's not interesting because of teams necessarily matching up, but some of the extra off the court stuff. But who do you like there? Okay, so I'm if I'm if I read Twitter correctly, I think the College of Charleston coach played here. 
He did. That was my interesting tidbit. He so, played at Georgia College. Yeah. So obviously you're going to be rooting for College of Charleston. Oh yeah. You can't just not. It's you're you're rooting for the Bobcats. Yeah. Okay. I think Auburn's going to win it. I'd love to see Charleston win it. It'd be so awesome. Oh yeah, it would be amazing, and it would give us a great colonnade story yeah. when we come back. But um, I mean Auburn hasn't been the same team um without Anthony Macklemore, Mackle- who was who's one of their better big guys and shot blockers. Um, Charleston's. Pretty battle tested. They played play, play close with Rhode Island. They were pretty tough with which against Wichita State for most of that game. The score isn't indicative of how close the game was. Um, I know because I'm pretty sure I watched it. Um, but yeah, the Charleston head coach he played point guard at Georgia College for two years. Um, he led Georgia College to consecutive Peach Belt Conference championships and an Elite Eight appearance in 2000 when uh, they went to the Elite Eight with uh, Coach Mayweather, who's here now. He was on that team. Um, I want to say he won. Peach Bowl Conference Player of the Year one of those two years, too. So it's pretty pretty awesome, a little bit of a hometown connection. I have the hometown connection there. Um, and I love Bruce Pearl and what he's done with Auburn. Don't get me wrong. But uh, in the spirit of March Madness, i got to take the Bobcats. Yeah, I mean, I picked Auburn, but, I mean, it'd be awesome to see Charleston win it. Oh, yeah. It, it, oh, I, I took Charleston. Awesome. I took Charleston here. I, I mean. I didn't, but I'm rooting for him. I, I'm in the spirit, like I said, in the spirit of March Madness, um, Charleston, their, their new honorary mo- mascot is the Bobcats. From for me, they're the Bobcats anyway. until March Madness. Yeah, is over. I think all Bobcats can be whatever Charleston's mascot is for this weekend or until they're out anyway. But moving forward, the six eleven game, uh, Arizona State or Syracuse. That's a playing game tonight. They're going to play TCU on. That's a Friday game. So who do you like in that one? Um, I like either Arizona State or Syracuse in this game. Really? Yeah, I picked the upset for this one. Really, I did not take the upset. I took TCU. They're, you know. They're, I think TCU is going to shoot the three a little too well in this game. They're the number eight, and they're offensively they're the number eight offense in the country, which is ridiculous. They shoot, they make forty percent of their threes, and they're the best. That offensive unit is the best featured unit in this game. I think it's going to take over, um, and I think their ability to shoot the three would stretch Syracuse's zone out if they do mm-hmm. see Syracuse. It's going to stretch that zone out. Um, Arizona State could have some answers with their guards Trey Holder and Shannon Evans, but. Oh, I'm taking TCU. I think their offense is going to be a little too much. We'll see. I just picked them because I haven't really heard too much about TCU over over the past couple of weeks. And they were rolling. Syracuse. They're rolling early in the year. I mean, yeah, but so I mean, we'll see. It's March Madness. I'm just gonna be honest. I did not like really put too much into this bracket because I, if I overthink it. Then it's not going to work out. Charleston's mascot is the Cougars, by the way. So yes, we're all Bobcats and Cougars are one this weekend. I mean, but we are the Cats. There, yeah, it's it's close enough. We got it. Um, so moving forward, uh, the three fourteen Michigan State Bucknell. Um, I think Michigan State is just going to be too much. Miles, there Bridges, shouldn't be any question about. Yeah, this. Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson, they're going to be too much. There's too much NBA talent for Michigan State, but the rust factor is going to be definitely be something you got to. Account for, yeah. Because I mean, it's a fourteen and a half point spread right now, but I think it'll be a little. I think it'll be around ten. The game will probably, or it'll there it'll sit around ten for most of the game. Michigan State may pull away, but I think it'll be around a ten point game for most of it. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Because of that, but I mean, yeah, that's about it. But moving on, um, the seven ten game, Rhode Island, Oklahoma. Who do you like? This is the game that opens up the March Madness. Does it really? Yeah, it's tw- it's it's. Tomorrow at twelve fifteen, I'll oh. be watching that during Schiffman's class. Sorry, Doctor Schiffman. Sorry, Schiffman. Uh, I got Rhode Island. I was really ticked when I saw that Oklahoma made it in. 
I thought I don't think they were deserving. I thought they deserved to be in because what they did early in the season. I thought they deserved to be in. Yeah, for the first, like, eight games, and then they just went downhill. I thought they deserved to be in based off of what they did early in the season, first off. But I didn't think they deserved – I thought they should have had to play a play-in game. Yeah, I would be. I would have been fine with a play-in game, but I just like Rhode Island in this. I mean, Trey Young is – no, I just, I just don't like Oklahoma anymore. I like Oklahoma in this game because I think Trey Young will be the best player that Rhode Island has seen all year. And I think that – But Trey Young has to be on. I think – I just don't think Rhode Island's going to be mentally – they're going to know they have to take him away, but I don't think they're they're ready for what he's going to bring to the table. They haven't seen it, so they don't know how to react to it and how to game plan for it. I mean, Trey Young is the truth. I think we can both agree with that. He's going to be a good pro. One day. He's gonna, One day. He's going to be a good pro. One day pro. very far down the road. Um, I think he's going to be a good pro sooner rather than later. Um, he, he's got it. He just needs a team around him that can help him do it. But, um, but that's why I don't think Oklahoma will win it because they always have to go to Trey Young. And I guarantee you, Rhode Island has figured out how and watched tape of other teams of how to shut down Trey Young. Because let's be honest, if you shut down Trey Young, you just shut down Oklahoma. See, I you know the the more I watch basketball, and this is just me personally. This is a personal philosophy for me. The more I think, when, you have, when you're playing a team with a star player, do you want to let him get his, whatever it is, and then just say, okay, focus on these other four guys and stop them? Or are we going to focus all our attention on this one guy and let him create for his other teammates and let them beat us? I personally say, let the one guy get 40. If you keep everybody else under 10, you're going to win that game if you can, if yeah. you can score yourself. Um, so I think, I just, I personally don't think Rhode Island has, has one guy that can say, I'm going to stop Trey Young. You guys just play defense, play regular defense. Um, and I don't think Rhode Island as a team has seen a guy that can do what Trey Young can do with the basketball in his hands. So I think that shock factor is going to give Oklahoma a bit of an edge. Um, and Rhode Island, they kind of limped into the tournament too. They lost their conference t- uh, championship to the Davidson. Davidson beat, yeah, Davidson beat Rhode Island. Um, I, I think Oklahoma's going to get it done here. I, I really do. I, I'm taking Oklahoma. But moving, moving on. <laughs> I just don't like Oklahoma. I think you're a hater is what that sounds like. Uh, but moving on. No, they're just bad. They've been so bad. They have been bad since. It's horrible. I mean, it's it's horrible. Yeah, it's bad. But The fact that they're a 10, see, it is. The fact that they're a 10 and got in, but Notre Dame didn't get in, who is clearly a better team than Oklahoma. I mean, even if you take Rex Fluger and Bonzi Colson out, yeah. Notre Dame is still better than Oklahoma. Um, that's just my opinion. But I think it's a bit of a travesty that – I mean, Louisville's a better team than Oklahoma, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, it's a travesty that they didn't get in and some of these other teams did. But the last game we're going to pick before we had to break, uh, Duke-Iona, the two fifteen matchup in this – was this Midwest, the Midwest region? Yeah. Who do you like? Uh, Duke. Yeah, I think Marvin Bagley's. He's too much. Um, Iona, they're feeling good, obviously, but uh, – they're going to struggle to match up with Wendell Carter, who's a 6'10", 6'11", you know, basically a 7-footer, and Marvin Bagley, who's 6'10", and super athletic. Um, and then you got Grayson Allen, who could be a problem if he's making shots. Uh, Trevon, du- Trevon Duval, Gary Trent Jr., and company, yada, yada, the list goes on. But, uh, yeah, I think Iona's best bet is to hope Duke comes out cold. Yeah, and that would literally have to be every single person that's on the court. Yeah, I mean, not – but I mean <laughs> – 
I think you're going to have to say we're going to double Bagley and Carter. I think you have to make that executive decision, but hope that you can flood the paint that way. And if they when they kick the sh- kick to shooters, maybe they'll miss. Someone's got to pray that Grayson Allen has an off day because I think, he can. Yeah. He can fill it up. Yeah, yeah. Grayson Allen. <laughs> it's can not fill it good up. if Grayson Allen is on. In today. college, Grayson Allen can fill it up. In the NBA, Grayson Allen is. I could, honestly, I could see Grayson Allen as a uh, basketball coach one day. You. Um, but that's all we got for the first round. We're gonna take a break. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna have some second round previews for you guys and hopefully march into uh the final four before the show ends. So stick with us, we'll be right back. What's up guys? We're back. This is he said, she said on WGUR ninety five point three, the noise from Milledgeville. Um we're skipping the round of thirty two, gonna jump into the sweet sixteen uh for time's sake today. Um but gonna start in the east regional. How's that? Yeah. All right, we're starting the east. Oh, um east. Yeah, that's the right side of the bracket. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, we can start in the east. Uh, so I have number one Villanova and the Fort Wichita State coming out of the east or okay. in that game, in that first game. Um, and me, I personally think Villanova is just going to be too much for Wichita State. I mean, Wichita yeah. State is good in their own respect, don't get me wrong. But Jalen Brunson, Phil Booth, um, Josh Paschal, those guys are going to just be way too much for Wichita State. I have Villanova, but I have West Virginia, actually. Well, um, wow. But I have Villanova coming out of it. Um, that should not be a question yeah. at all. Yeah, I think Villanova is the clear pick to come out of there. I mean, I had I think I had West Virginia getting beaten the first, this weekend. So, yeah, that is where they left for, left off for me. But um, the next game, I have the two-seed Purdue against Texas Tech. I also. Okay. I don't think St. Bonaventure will be able to. No win two in a row and get to the Sweet 16. I definitely think they'll be able to get a, get into round two, but definitely not anything past that. Yeah, I don't know if they'll get through round two because I think Texas Tech, Texas Tech is really good. They're pretty good, honestly. Um, despite how they ended the year, I think they're actually a pretty good team. So, I mean, in that game, though, I'm taking Purdue's, Purdue. Their size is too much. Isaac Haas is just too big. He's too good. He's too skilled. And if, those, if Purdue has gotten to this point, that means those guards are hitting threes again, and that's just a lot of stress on your defense. And I don't think Texas Tech can answer that in a way that, you know, is going to be effective. Yeah. Um. Let's just move straight down to the Midwest. Oh, wait, who do you have coming out of that game? In the which game? Texas Tech versus Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Okay, yeah, me too. Um. Sorry, I think I zoned out. Um. Okay, let's just move on down to Midwest. I have number one Kansas facing number four Auburn. Really? That's an interesting one because – Okay, see, I took Auburn to get upset in the first weekend, and I think the Bobcats are still going to be rocking going into the Sweet 16, even though they're not the Bobcats or the Cougars. Uh, Charleston, they're still going to be rocking going into the second weekend. Um, I got Kansas playing Charleston. I think Charleston's magic is going to run out, though. Uh, I mean, they're not going to beat Kansas. Um even if it is Auburn. I don't think Auburn's going to beat Kansas. Even though oh, I think no, because Auburn has to play at their pace, and yeah. Kansas is not going to want to do that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to play – Auburn's going to have to play a little smaller, but without Anthony McElmore in the in the game, they don't have anybody that can really match up with Azabuki inside for Kansas. So that poses a slight problem, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, because Kansas can play, play up and down. They want to get in the 80s, too, like Auburn does. So I think that is uh, – I think Kansas comes out of there regardless of who they play. Um but yeah, we got a different matchup, but I think the same result. You, th- you got Kansas there. Too. Yeah, I have Kansas. Yeah. Okay. So the next game in the Midwest, 
Uh, I got a two and the three, Michigan State and Duke. Um, I also do. Okay. I think this one has potential to be a thriller, like a classic. Oh, it'll be a good game. Yeah, down to the wire. This thriller. was, I starred the, when we post pictures of our brackets, you'll see stars under, like, in on my bracket, and I starred this game because it was one of the hardest games for me to pick. Yeah. Who was uh, going to win it. The, I mean, yeah, this is a, a tough one to pick, obviously. I went Michigan State. I also went Michigan State. Because... <laughs> I think Grayson Allen would have to be huge in this game. Yeah. And I don't know if he he can be big, but I don't know if he can be as big as he would need to be. Um, I think Duke's just not going to have an answer for Miles Bridges either. I know people say, um, say Marvin Bagley. You know, Marvin Bagley can guard uh, Miles Bridges. I w- I'm excited to see those two play mm-hmm. against each other. I'm excited to see the matchup. They're both probably going to play the same position, do a lot of the same stuff. Um, but I think Miles Bridges Bridges is a little too gifted on the perimeter. He's got a year of experience under his belt as well. Um, and his his abilities on the perimeter, it's just going to be something Marvin Bagley's not accustomed to doing and seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think he he's not going to get lost, but he may be late getting out there a couple times. And you know, Miles Bridges will shoot it from the parking lot. And I think Miles Bridges also with that can put a lot of pressure on the, on the young freshman and get around him and go by him. And I think Bridges can match up with him inside as well. Mm-hmm. So I think Michigan State has a little too much talent uh, yep. to be for for Duke at this point right now. Yep. All right. So we move on over to the South. We can jump into the South. Uh, who do you have coming out of the South in the first game? Um, I have, for the Sweet 16, I have Virginia and Arizona. I like that. I have that, too. I think the Arizona-UK game will be a pretty good game. That could be another, that's if, another thriller. If Davidson doesn't upset them. I don't think Davidson's going to get Kentucky. Um, I think we're going to get the Arizona-Kentucky matchup. I think. I mean, I think we will. I'd love to see Davidson. I, yeah, I could see either. The team that comes out of that game has a real shot to beat Virginia, though, I think. Yeah. Because if Shea Gilgis-Alexander is as hot as he's been um, and Wendy and Gabriel keep shooting the three the way he has, it'll be tough for Virginia to defend to defend like that, especially without uh, DeAndre Hunter because um, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that can get buckets and do whatever he needs to do for the team. But um, Yeah, but the thing is, Virgi- I feel like Virginia's team is so stacked, though. Like I feel like they're just like a really good all-around team. Yeah, no one stands out, really. No one – everyone does their job, and it all comes together. It's one of those yeah. really – cool synergetic cases like the Patriots or whatever you want to say what a machine really that everyone each cog does what it's supposed to do to turn the wheel and they're pretty good when they start moving and all in the same direction get on the same page but that's why I picked Virginia to beat Arizona. really I, c- I can see Virginia winning this game no lie don't get me wrong um but I think DeAndre Hunter's injury is going to um really pronounce itself in the idea that um he's one of those guys that when Virginia needs a bucket he gets the bucket. He he's one yeah. he's one of those dudes. He's just a dude that does that. Um, I think that's going to be an issue for them. Is because I always say this to my roommate, and if he's you know listening or whatever, he you know, he knows this. Virginia is an eight minute spurt away from getting put out of the tournament, or an eight minute drought away from getting put out of the tournament. Because if Virginia doesn't offensively, they don't score a lot. So if they don't get the thing rolling and get moving, if they have an eight minute drought. And the team that they're playing doesn't have to go off in eight in the eight minute drought because Virginia's going to be so good defensively. But if they can just put together a three, um, you know, four free throws and a couple of a couple of buckets or something like that, if that game gets into the you know the four, five, six minute, even the seven minute mark, and you're down that deep, getting that deep into the game, and that other team really has that momentum, and Virginia's not able to score, a seven point lead feels like seventeen or twenty seven mm-hmm. even. Um, if for Virginia, it worked for them. If in the respect, if they get you down seven with six minutes left, you feel like it's twenty-seven, 
but because they're good, so good defensively, but for them it works the opposite way because they're not so good offensively that a seven-point deficit can feel like 27 yeah. at times. So I think DeAndre Ayton's going to show up in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I think his ability inside, and you have Raul Aiken, Raul Alkins, excuse me, um, who people are comparing to young Ron Artest, which is high praise for that guy, um, and also Alonzo Trayer, who I think can beat anybody off the bounce in college basketball. I'm taking Arizona to get into the Elite Eight. This, I, I mean, yeah, and uh, this game started for me, too. I mean, this this was a hard one. Yeah. Um, I think if Virginia sees Kentucky, I would have taken Virginia. Uh, Yeah, except for Arizona will put Kentucky back in their place. I think Arizona's going to get Kentucky. I really do. Who do you have in the next game? Um, I have Tennessee and Cincinnati, and I have Cincinnati beating Tennessee. See, this is my, like, Odd game because I picked the upsets in the first round, so somebody's got to win those later games. Yeah. Um, I got Nevada and Wright State. <laughs> okay. Because okay, <laughs> okay. Before you laugh, okay. I mean, I took Georgia State over Cincinnati. I took Nevada over Texas. Somebody's got to win the Nevada Georgia yeah, State game. You can't I know. just. And then I took Loyola and Wright State. So. You you got my line of reasoning there, and so I think Loyola Wright, Wright State beats Loyola on defense. Their defense is that good, and I think Nevada um, moves on because they're so good offensively. Who's going to the lead eight? Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Okay. But I'm, don't don't say anything after in two weekends when I'm right. Okay. Don't say anything when I'm right. But moving to the West. Moving uh, to the West. I have uh, Xavier and Gonzaga, and I have Xavier coming out of it. Uh, I could see Gonzaga beating Xavier though. This is my sort of ups my upset other upset pick. Um for my first number one seed to fall, I think, um, is gonna be Xavier in the second round of the first weekend. I think Mizzou gets Xavier on Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is gonna have two a couple games under his belt. He's gonna be I think he's gonna be better in this upcoming in the first game of the week tournament than he is than he was in the previous game. And I think, I mean, he's a lottery pick. And so the line of thinking for me is if he's a lottery pick, he's got to have a lottery pick type game. And he obviously feels like he can have that type of game. So what better time to have it than against the number one seed in the NCAA tournament? And I think that Xavier game is just a ripe time for him to have it. He'll be coming off of hopefully a game where he was good or he was, you know, he was serviceable, pretty good, and is feeling a little bit better, has his feet under him. And he's eager to get back out there at it and get after it. So I think, uh, I think Mizzou gets the better of Xavier, um, but in this Mizzou-Gonzaga matchup, I'm taking Gonzaga. I think they're just too well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. is only so good, and Gonzaga has you know a couple of really good defenders over there on the wing, so I think they're going to take care of Mizzou, but I, my big upset pick was Mizzou over Xavier in the second in the second round. Yeah, mm, I still got Xavier. I actually have a Xavier, spoiler alert, going to the Final Four. Um, uh. Just because... It just really depends on like how they play, and this is why March March Madness is literally one of the hardest things ever. Definitely, no <laughs> doubt. Um, but the next game, uh, Michigan UNC two three. I got Michigan UNC. Who do you have? I have Michigan UNC. Okay, who do you have out of there? I have UNC. Me too. I think uh, Michigan Michigan, like I said, was the hottest team in the country, but they don't have anybody that can match up with Carolina when they go small with Theo at the four and go with uh, Cam Johnson. Um, Joe Barry, uh, Luke May, those guys, they don't really have anybody that can go, they can match with Carolina's best lineup. Mo Wagner is an interesting uh, case for me, though. He could be a problem for Luke May inside because Luke May is only about 
six seven, six eight maybe on his best day. Uh, Mo Wagner's a legit seven footer who can kind of play everywhere. He can play inside. He can play outside. But Carolina's guards, they're gonna find a way to, I think, get the win. Yeah, I think the guards are too good, too well coached as well. For sure. All right, so we can jump on into the Elite Eight yeah. um, and predict those games. So you'll have a final four match. So you'll have final four matchups, and we can get through that to close the show. Um, but in the East, who do you like in the final four out of the, or in the East uh, between Villanova and Purdue? I, think. Uh, I have Villanova in yeah. the final four. I there got, should not be any. I, the, I, after see, see, if I had, hadn't have seen Villanova last weekend, I can probably honestly say I may have taken Purdue here. Mm-hmm. But on Isaac Haas and his ability to be um, – his ability to, I would have thought he would be the best player in the gym, but not taking anything away from him. But Jalen Brunson is that dude. He's the best player in the gym um, on any given night. Um, Purdue does have that advantage inside with Haas, like I said. But Villanova, they, the game can be, you can be within three. And like when they were playing Marquette, Marquette was playing with him, playing with him, playing with him. And then they come out of the under 16 timeout in the second half, and Villanova probably hits three threes and four possessions. Um, gets four layups, Brunson gets two and ones, and that three-point game is now 23 yeah. in a matter of before and all before the under-eight timeout. So, um, or for the under-12 timeout, excuse me. So, and they never looked back. It wasn't like Marquette mm-hmm. was able to cut into the league, cut into the league, cut into the league. None of that. When they get you down, they put your foot on, their foot on your throat, and it's over, and they choke you out. Um, but Jay Wright, I think, is the best coach in this game. Um, Purdue likes to play fast. They can shoot the three. But Villanova's the reason I think they can be the they may be the best team in the country is because they can beat you fast, they can beat you slow, they can beat you somewhere in the middle. They're just disciplined and balanced, and they know what they're doing um, yeah. with the guys they have. And so I'm taking Villanova there too. Yeah, without a doubt. Oh yeah. Heading down to the Midwest, uh, we both have Kansas and Michigan State yeah, up against each Kansas, other. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Michigan State coming out and getting into the Final Four. Me too. I think Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson, once again, will be too much. This was a hard game, though. I won't lie. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kansas' small lineup is going to pose its problems for Michigan State. But I also think Miles Bridges playing, Jaron Jackson, and the you know um, Tum Tum Nairn, and those guys are going to pose their fair share of problems for Kansas, especially with that small lineup and having to let Savi Mikhailu, who's not the greatest defender in the world, mm-hmm. try and guard um, a more athletic Miles Bridges, or letting a Legero Bick or um, Terrence Newman guard a bigger Miles Bridges. So I think that's going to give Michigan State the edge is Miles Bridges' ability to take advantage of whoever guards him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm saying Sparty moves on as well. But in the South, um, who do you have in the South again? And the Elite Eight, I have um, Virginia versus Cincy, okay. and I have Virginia coming out of it. See, I got I got Zona and Nevada. In that one, and I'm, I mean, I'm taking Arizona. Arizona is going to be way, way too much behind DeAndre Ayton, um, and Raul Alkins will help slow down Nevada's offense. I think. Um, so yeah, I'm going Arizona there to get out of the South. Um, but last game here in the West, who do you like? Who do you have, um, I have Xavier playing UNC, and this was a hard game for me too. Um, I have Xavier winning. I wouldn't be surprised if UNC gets it. I don't think UNC will win another national championship, though. Really? I can tell you that one. You don't think they can get to a Final Four? Absolutely. No. Th- like I said, it's starred. It's, this was the hardest one, one of the hardest games for me to pick. Um, it all depends on who's on, who's having what kind of game. Um, but, yeah, I have Xavier. Looking at the other side of this bracket, um, away from North being a North Carolina fan, I don't think it's out of the question for North Carolina to win another title. I really don't. I mean, I think Villanova may be the best team in the country. Um, Virginia is going to pose its, its share of problems even without Hunter. Um, Kansas is a great, is a very good team. 
Michigan State's a great team. Purdue is a great team. Um, even looking further back, Wichita State's tough. Um, looking in your own bracket, Michigan's going to be tough. Arizona, Kentucky could potentially pose a problem. I don't think it's out of the question for North Carolina to win another national title because of the role that Theo Pinson has now started playing as that facilitator and distributor if Joel Berry's making shots, Luke May's doing what he does, and the rest of the, that supporting cast is really getting in on the act. It's not a crazy thought. It's not as crazy of a thought as it would have been three weeks ago. I just don't see them. It's it's not as crazy of a thought as it would have been three weeks ago. you got to give me that at least. But I mean, it's not. I just don't know if they would be able to consistently win and play the games in this short amount of time. I mean, like, I know UNC has hmm. been here multiple times. It's just going to become too much. I, I think they're, I think their season, they got veteran leaders, Joel Berry, Theo Pinson, who have been there twice already. It's not out of the question. But in the in the West, I got Gonzaga, North Carolina, um, in the national championship rematch from last year. Um, I think Carolina is going to get the job done again, get to a third consecutive Final Four. And, um, you know, Gonzaga, no answers for Joel Berry. Um you know, Gonzaga, they have a great chance. I'm not going to discount them or count them out, um, but they're gonna, they'll are gonna they have to take advantage of uh, Carolina's lack of size inside um, with uh, Tilly and those guys inside. But I think Joel Berry would be the best guard in this game. They have the best coach, even though Mark Few is an exceptional coach. Uh, I think Roy Williams has a slight edge just because of the experience in big games like this one. And I think Mark Few still got a couple of lessons to learn. So I'm taking uh, taking North Carolina – um, but not by a large margin. I think uh, I think this one has potential to be a very, 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 very close game. Another very, very good one. One for the ages, even. Uh, that's a bit of a classic. So, you want to take a break before we talk about the final four, or you want to get right into it? Let's just go ahead and get into. All it. All right, let's go. Final four. Uh, first game. You got Nova and Michigan State. Villanova, Michigan State. I do. Okay. And I have Villanova coming out of it. I let me see who I have. I wrote it on my bracket. I actually have Michigan State coming out of this one. And this this is one that's back and forth for me, like you said. It's really a coin flip. Um, Jalen Brunson and them are lights out. Michigan State is similar. They're lights out as well. Uh, I love this matchup. It's one that I would love to see come to fruition in the Final Four. I think Michigan State has more pros on their roster or pros that are going to be you know big-time contributors at some point. And I think that's going to show up with Jaron Jackson – and with Miles Bridges, the two two that come to mind off the top of your head. So I'm going to take Michigan State, but once again, not counting Villanova out and would not surprise me to see them playing for a national title their second in three years as well. So final game, who do you have in the final game? Um, I actually have Virginia and Villanova. Who do you like in that one? Villanova. Uh, that's very, very, very – uh. Virginia and Villanova, not the final. I meant uh, oh, the Virginia fin- and Xavier. Other final four games. Final four, Virginia yeah. and Xavier. Oh, okay. Um, I that's who do you who do you like there? Virginia. Hmm. See, I just don't think Virginia can get all the way because of not having their six man. Yeah, but you can't just like base that all around one player. I, I mean, because Virginia is such a well-rounded team that see, it's like I only say that because I've watched my team fall apart based on one player. I mean, Marcus Page, well, a few years ago it happened. Um, happened with Brendan Haywood, Kenny Smith back in the 90s. Um, yeah, Brendan Haywood was the year that they were clearly the best team in the nation and they lost. Um, but I've seen it happen a lot of times. So 
that's you know I'm going to go with that trend and say that it's going to happen. It probably will happen again. But Virginia plays so odd that may, who knows? Maybe it won't. Uh, maybe the, their defensive prowess will keep it from happening. Um, but for me, I got North Carolina, Arizona. I think it's a close game again. But Carolina's lack of size is finally going to catch up with them with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's a load. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Arizona to get to the national title and play Michigan State. Who do you? Who's your national title? Virginia Villanova. Mm-hmm. And have Nova winning it. No, that's not a bad pick. I can see Villanova definitely winning it. I got Michigan State, Arizona. Um, going to be a good one. I think the the interesting tidbit about this potential game, you got two programs who are a little bit disgraced a little, this year. You know, Michigan State went through the Larry Nasser thing. And then, you know, Tom Izzo said something that's poten- that was potentially could be taken as insensitive and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then you have Arizona with Sean Miller paying players. And then, or, I'm sorry, Michigan State also – with Miles Bridges potentially paying paying player pay, paid him and his parent or his parents as well, um, all that alleged of course. But I think that's an interesting little juxtaposition. But let's go. Let's play the odds. Um, when's the last time a team from the West Coast has won a national title? Trivia for the day for you. No idea, but do you know how long it's been since a team that doesn't have blue in their colors has won a national championship? I do not. Okay, well, Louisville won in 2013, but that okay. has apparently been stripped. Um, other than that, 2003 Syracuse. Still more recent than a team from the West Coast winning a national title, which was 1997 with Arizona. So it would be fitting for them to break the trend again, but I'm not sold. I mean, I'm sold on Arizona to an extent, but I'm not sold on them to get past Michigan State and the matchups, nightmares that they can create, and their scrappiness and Tom Izzo's mentality of, Hard hat, lunch pail every day. I'm taking Michigan State to win the national title this year. I thought they were the best team at the beginning, and I'm going to roll with them now. I'm not going to uh, flake out on them now. We'll see. It'll be interesting. My bracket's probably already busted. Um, yeah. It's fine. Hasn't even started yet, but my bracket's definitely busted. Let's talk about Tiger Woods. Or how excited are you for Tiger Woods? Um, He could win the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm so excited for him to be bad. That 44-foot... I literally was watching it, and my dad was in his office, and I screamed a lot of cuss words, like, and then it was like, all I said was Tiger Woods, and my dad just came running in, and it was, and he held his cool, like, he was so just chill, um, it was, it would have been cool to see him try to make the putt to, to make the playoff, but I think he, uh, he was a little off and a little short, um, to get into the playoff, which would have been really cool. Yeah. But, I mean, the 44-foot putt was, like, that was the moment everyone's been waiting for and holding, you know, they're going to hold on to that until he wins now. So I'm really excited for that. I hope the win comes sooner than later. Um, But, yeah, that's our our in other news for today, Um, and I think that's all we got for you guys today as well. Um, A lot of basketball head coaching stuff. Penny Hardaway is going to be the head coach of Memphis, which I'm 100% for. He played there when they were Mm -hmm. Memphis State back in the day. Um, Also, Georgia's head coach in search. That – um, I saw your tweet about Rick Pitino, and I was going to reply, but I figured I'd reply in person. What is your reply? He has way too much baggage. I don't care about baggage. I care about Georgia, wins Georgia cares about and baggage. recruits. It's going to be too controversial. Greg McGarity already hired a bit of a gangster in Kirby Smart. Go okay, out and get Kirby the... Smart wasn't caught on a motorcycle with a stripper. Um, wasn't that Bobby Petrino? No, I thought it was... I thought that was... I'm pretty sure it's Bobby Petrino. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure... Rick Pitino has cheated on his wife, too, and has done multiple other things. So, mm -mm. 
Yeah, well, anyway. Too I, much baggage. I'm not here for off the court, off the field, whatever stuff. If you can win, can you win games? Yes. Um, are you going to win a national title potentially? And then get it stripped um, from us? Probably. Will you, hey, they can't. They can take it off the record books. They can't take the trophies or the rings. Um, are you going to put this program at the forefront of national of the na- of national contention? Yes. You check my three boxes, Rick Pitino. Get your tail in here and win some basketball games. You gotta gotta recruit the state, but um, that would be what I would say. But I'm not Greg McGarry. Georgia would not make a decisions. smart decision. So um, I Georgia would, Georgia is not playing in the NIT. Mm, they, the players decided not to. I wish Yante Maiden and some of those guys had gotten the opportunity to. But it, I mean, it's a player's decision, so understandable. I wish they'd have held on to Mark Fox to let them do that. That would have been nice. But a nice gesture, I think. Yeah. But I also still think they should have played in the NIT. I do too. Also. Childish. Yeah. The other name, Ron Hunter. How do you feel about Ron Hunter? Georgia State's coach? Yeah. Um, He recruits the state well. For Georgia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. I would not. I would. I would. I really would not be surprised after March Madness is over if they don't start. when When they beat Cincinnati. I can go ahead and tell you, there's going to be a big Brinks truck backing up down the Georgia State's campus in Midtown because Ron Hunter, I think, makes right around $500,000 a year. That's it. Um, with no endorsements, probably limited or no endorsements, um, no side deal like Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart didn't make that much money, as much money as you would think, but it's the extra stuff, the Ford, the Nike, the this, the that, the other thing, the going to a national title, the, the bonus, this yeah. bonus, that bonus. Yeah, that's what... Um, where he makes a lot of his money is after the success. So um, you got to like that, I think, that Kirby's a guy who believed in himself that much. He didn't want all of it guaranteed, Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Uh, but did you hear he took 82 mil guaranteed? No. His deal is $82 million, and it's all guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, that's ridiculous to me. As long as somebody can guarantee me a job out of college, I'll take it. That's what, that's what we're looking for here, folks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll have more for you guys probably in the coming weeks. Um NFL free agency is heating up. A lot of moves have been made. It opened today. Um, a lot of moves have been made. Um, a lot of moves yet to be made. The Falcons made a kind of, a move I like, getting a Brian, or Brandon Fusco, uh, San Francisco 49ers guard. So I'm pretty excited about that. Hope they make a few more moves. Really excited for the NFL draft, too. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that will. I'm excited for the draft. Definitely excited. We're just trying to get through Capstone now. We uh. I'm just trying to make it to my bed. Just trying to make, <laughs> just trying to make it to the weekend. Make it to Charlotte for the NCAA tournament. That's gonna be a ton of fun. Super excited to get there for that. So, I think that's all we got. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, he said, she said, signing off. You guys have a great spring break. Have a fun spring break. Be safe. Um, and be sure to tune back in uh the month or the Wednesday, excuse me, after uh for some more NCAA tournament talk. We'll get into that and possibly a little extra. So we'll see you guys then.